this week on Banlekill Buzz. This week's guest is Jim McVeigh. He's a professor at Manchester Metropolitan University and he comes on to talk about the danger of using anabolic steroids, why people consistently use them despite the clear health risks, along with other human enhancement drugs. That was a very good chat, actually. Uh, really enjoyed it. And Kappa Chats gives a mention to the adult hurlers' first ever game, which resulted in a one-point win against Luke and Sarsfield. A historical night for the boys in red and white. The blood and bandages, they call them down in Cork. But uh, yeah, a great night, great week all in all. Hope everyone's keeping well. Enjoy the episode, keep the energy going, and good fucking luck. Um, I was doing a bit of study on this during the week, the ASL. I'll do the intro, obviously, before this. But I was doing a bit of study on this. I read all kind of the research you did, and there's a lot of it there. Um, how dangerous actually are these, I say ASS, the an- androgenic um, anabolic steroids, how dangerous really are these, I suppose, what the question, first question is? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the tricky question, uh, and everything's relative. Um, and, you know, c- compared to, you know, um, uh, mountain climbing, many uh, different sports, you know, there's risks attached to all these things. There's risks attached to anabolic steroids. And there's a huge scope in those sort of range of risks. Uh, and a lot of it is dose dependent. Um, how long you use, how much you use for, whether you take breaks or not, which specific compounds you use, whether you use additional drugs or not. So it, it, it's not, a, you know, it, it's not a, a, a dichotomy around whether it, it, it's a risk or it's not. It, it, it's a real scale involved in it. Um, but what complicates all this and what makes it really difficult for users to uh, reduce the, the risks and harms is in relation to the illicit market. And, you know, if it's dose dependent, um, you need to know what dosage you're taking. And as most things are manufactured illicitly, um, you don't know. You don't know the strength. You don't even know the contents. You don't know if it's the drug it's supposed to be. You don't know the circumstances that it was made, whether it's uh, adulterated, contaminated. And um, so there's all those wild cards in there. So um, in that respect, you know, th- there are real risks attached to this. And it's quite difficult to manage those risks. You can go some way to manage them, but not completely. Yeah, no, that's that's a huge thing. Like the fact a lot of them, some of them probably aren't even officially approved by, we'll say, pharmaceutical company stuff like that that's a huge risk as well whatever about the the, yeah, the raw well, ones you know that's a huge thing yeah the, the vast majority of anabolic steroids that are available to people are not manufactured by uh, legitimate pharmaceutical companies and um, a lot of them uh, are made in countries such as the uk or ireland in uh, makeshift laboratories and um, then other ones will be manufactured in countries say in China, in India, in, in countries that don't have our high quality sort of standards for pharmaceutical production. So things go wrong and, and, and that's why we have such thorough quality standards in, in our pharmaceutical labs and it doesn't go through any of those quality controls. So, you know, you can't really, and, and this is like the vast majority of, of drugs that are available. Even people who are, are sort of using uh, with a lot of experience find it very difficult to get hold of legitimate products yeah and it's mad how they've come become so prevalent and it's kind of it's a known fact that they are not they're not official and you say like they're not officially approved they're not officially made like it's mad how 
and there, I'm sure there is, you know, big, well, well-known stars. Maybe it's not a, a, like said yet, but using these anabolic steroids, like they're very commonly used, you know, among the, in the world, you know? Yeah. But, but the thing is they work. And even those that are illicitly manufactured, most of them will contain active ingredients. So people will get benefits from them, you know, the benefits they're looking for. They may well get some of the things they're not looking for as well. But, you know, we've got to be honest about that. And with, you know, heavy training, looking after nutrition, resting and using anabolic steroids, you will make extreme gains. And we've got to be honest about that. Yeah. And what are the biggest side effects of it? I know people probably know the big ones, but what, what are the, to you the main, the main side effects of anabolic steroids? Um, probably the, the long-term ones that are around cardiovascular disease. We know that it increases um, cardiovascular risk factors through a number of different routes um, in relation to blood pressure, in relation to cholesterol balance. Um, and with your heart is a muscle and you know anabolic steroids are, are shotguns they don't just work on the muscles you want so you're going to get enlarged heart mm. and so you know we're now seeing people who've been using for a number of decades and they're experiencing um you know high levels of heart disease but it's quite difficult to to say to uh, a young man maybe at the age of 20 22 you know you, this may knock five years off your life because they're just well it'll be the last five years why would it be bothered you know so it's quite difficult to put that forward but there's other there's other we've got emerging evidence of changes to the brain which is only something that's really emerged in the last five years and we're seeing structural changes in those people who've been using again for for a long time and, and high dosages um and they have what we call the the brain age gap which is um, uh, identifying what somebody's brain structure should be at a, a certain point and what it is in reality. And we see differences in those people um, who've used anabolic steroids. And this seems to manifest itself in things like uh, emotional control and memory. Um, but again, this is long-term uh, problems. For, for those people in the short term, the main thing is, I suppose, you know, there's, there's cosmetic things. There's the gynecomastia, you know, the growth of breast tissue, because like nature's little sort of sense of humor that if you've got too much testosterone, what you, your body tries to do is convert it into a, a female hormone to balance things out. And so that's why uh, you have anabolic steroid users de- developing uh, breast tissue. But the, the, the key thing for me is around um, what we call hypogonadism. And that's because... When you take external anabolic steroids, you don't need to produce your own. So your testicles shrink. And then when you stop using, you have this massive dip in um, circulating testosterone. So you don't just go back to your normal levels. You go back, to it goes right to, right to the floor so that you don't have circulating testosterone. And this can make you feel very low in mood. It can... Um, uh, virtually destroy a sex drive um and so you don't just start losing the gains that you had you dip to a point that you know before you started using and that's very reinforcing for people to to start using again so increasingly we'll see people using continuously without gaps uh, and that again is looking that looks to 
uh, increase uh, and accelerate that harms around cardiovascular disease. And th those are the chronic harms. If you're not having those gaps, it, it accelerates those problems. So that, that is a, a, an issue. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you say, you say the emotional things. There's a lot of things to take into account. Like you're increasing your testosterone. Obviously, aggression is probably one emotion, like, and, and loads of different emotions as well. But like, I can't imagine someone, this is probably a, maybe an assumption to make, but someone who's using anabolic steroids regularly is probably not the easiest person to deal with, I would say. Like, do they kind of, would they typically lash out or what way would that aggression yeah, I mean, aggression is, uh, you know, uh, frequently cited as an issue, and and it, for for some people, yeah, aggression is a problem. Um, it's it, it's a continuum, uh, and it's also down to interpretation of what we mean by aggression. And I suppose if you think of somebody who's um, doing really heavy weight training, you need a level of aggression to actually lift something that is you know the size of a small car you know without that yeah. drive and without that aggression you will not put yourself through that pain so that positive channeled aggression is one thing we're talking about at the other end of that spectrum that that uh, uncontrolled and inappropriate aggression so for and for some people it can be mild irritability to some people it may manifest in violence and that's an extreme and a, 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 a relatively small minority of people that we see that that really pronounced uh, aggression. Um, what we see um, more commonly is during that off cycle or once you stop using, we're seeing depression is probably much more of a an issue. But you are right. For some people, uh, aggression is a problem, and it's it's something that if somebody is considering using, they need to think about how they're going to manage these things and how they'll identify um, whether they are having mood changes. And if nothing else, take themselves away from those um, uh, arenas of stress or where they may um, act out of character and, and keep that aggression for the, um, the controlled environment of lifting weights, uh, you know, and that, that, that is a key thing, really, that people need to be aware that it could have that impact on them and to take those necessary steps to avoid um, the, uh, any negative outcomes from it. And um, do you think it's an addictive drug? Yeah, well, we've got clear evidence that there is um, a, a dependence uh, and a dependence syndrome associated with it, but it's quite difficult to be able. To, and in some ways, it's uh, it, it, it's almost um, irrelevant to a degree over what is true dependence and what is hormone imbalance. So you know, you, you've got the classical uh, symptoms around dependence about um, uh, continuing to want to use even when you see it's a, a negative situation and that. But you also have those, uh, as I outlined, those um, trying to address the hormone imbalance so that when you stop using, you don't really know what is a result of dependence and what is a natural physiological function of wanting to get your balance back around um, uh, your, your hormone imbalance. So it, it, it's quite difficult to tease out which is which, but yeah, there's certainly good, strong research evidence to show that uh, dependence is an issue, certainly for some people. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting thing for me, like, because I, and even going back to, this is probably a bit off, off point, but like, mainly you can kind of associate it with, you know, 
people who go to the gym regularly you know that's kind of the typical user and obviously you might you know more about this than me but like for for people like it's, it's widely known how probably unhealthy these are and maybe and dangerous as well and obviously addictive i can't imagine how someone you know my question is why do people use this because i know people who go to the gym they should be intelligent enough they obviously are, are probably knowledgeable about health i would have thought i can't understand how they pump these kind of chemicals into themselves knowing that it's probably going to do damage to them yeah, but it, I suppose if you look at some of the um, uh, the qualitative research, in-depth interviews with anabolic steroid users, and um, the rationales they give uh, make a lot of sense to 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 to, to a degree. Um, they get the rewards of you know in, in a society where many of us have very little could or most of us have very little control over many aspects of our daily life, whether it's employment, social relationships, family, all these sorts of things. One thing that you can have virtually complete control over is your physiology over your body, if you're willing to put the effort in and if you're willing to take those drugs. And you can create your body and sculpt it into, within some limits, uh, virtually whatever you aspire to. And that is hugely, um, satisfying and reinforcing and gains people a huge amount of satisfaction and um, self-satisfaction um, recognition within their peer group and, and you have to remember you know within a, a gym community of of people who are using anabolic steroids it's not something you can bluff your way into you have to lift those weights and you have to put that that muscle on and and you know to be able to enter that arena and to compete against your peers and to see that growth over time you you can see how rewarding that can be sorry it sounds like I, I, I'm, I'm advertising and trying to sell standards <laughs> and no I think it's important though that we we see that for those people who dedicate such a large part of their life you know the the anabolic steroids are just one small element compared to the training the nutrition and um, their whole cultural circle, uh, what they read about, who they talk to, you know, it, it, it's their whole life. The actual drugs is just one small element of that and can get them, you know, quite stunning rewards. So you can see that, that you know, that there's some ration, rational decision making around that. That, that it, it's not just about the muscle as well. I mean, it, it increases sex drive. So there's those other rewards that you would get from anabolic steroids. Um, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it, there's evidence that it, it, it well, it's not a, a pronounced feelings of euphoria like you will get with psychoactive drugs, but there is a psychoactive element and people do feel pleasure from it. But it's mostly that secondary reward from the benefits they get. But you can start to see that if people are investing all that time and efforts into building muscle, it's not totally illogical that they will go down that route to, to using anabolic steroids. So I think in some ways we, we have to move away from thinking this is somehow abhorrent or, or deviant behavior. For, for some people, for, for most people, it, it's, it's not a rational decision that they would make, but for some people, you know, it, it makes sense to do this. And, and therefore we have to take it seriously and we have to think about how we can help them reduce the, 
the harms because the arguments we would put forward why they shouldn't do that probably won't wash with them. Yeah, no, no that is true. Is that, and that's, that's a good counter-argument, to be fair. Like, there is, you know, I can say, just because I'm not a user, but like, you have to put yourselves in their shoes as well. No, you are right, in fairness. And um, do you know the way you say, like, a lot of the steroids aren't, um, like, officially approved and, if, approved and officially made? Is there, is there safe anabolic steroids? It, there's, there's no such thing as, as safe any drugs at all. Um, you know, it, it, we see a, a number of deaths from uh, paracetamol and aspirin each year. So th there's no such thing as a, any kind of a safe drug. There's some drugs which have got, uh, you know, each anabolic steroid has been um, altered chemically to have a different ratio around the anabolic and androgenic components. The anabolic is the, the muscle building. The androgenic is around the secondary male characteristics. So each one's slightly different. So if you're prone to adverse effects to do with those secondary characteristics, thinking around things like um, the um, uh, development of gynecomastia and things like that, you know, you would look for those ones with the higher anabolic component. Also, there's differences between the oral and the injectable. You know, for, for most drugs that when we talk about um, risk, the most risky drugs are uh, those that are injected, you know, simply by uh, the fact that, you know, you're crossing the, the barrier of the skin and putting it directly into your system and the risks around blood-borne viruses. In relation to anabolic steroids, it's a bit more complicated because the oral anabolic steroids are much more damaging to the liver. So um, in some ways, from a purely physiological point of view, the oral ones are more damaging. But of course, there's inherent risks with any injectable drug. Uh, so there's a different set of risks uh, attached to that. So people will weigh these, you know, the different risks involved in that. But the vast majority of people will take um, a selection of both oral and injectable, highly anabolic and high androgenic. So most people will take a selection of the lot, really. Yeah. And um, do you know what you say with the oral ones? Um, how do they affect the liver? Do they just kind of break it down or what? in what way do they affect it? Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it puts a, a lot of pressure on the liver. So um, when you think, it, it, in, for instance, uh, the effects of, say, with alcohol, where it... it, it uh, the, the, the strain that uh, the liver is put under breaking down alcohol. With oral anabolic steroids, they're what we call C17-alpha alkylated. If it didn't have this chemical process, the, the drugs would, the anabolic steroids would just be broken down on the first pass through the liver. Because they're altered, they keep passing through the liver. And so your liver has to work really hard to break that down. So it, it, it can put a, a strain on that liver. Mm. Um, I just want to talk about, um, you obviously kind of have a bit of knowledge about other, other kind of, sorry, what was the word? Just drugs that can kind of, um, drugs. enhance, yeah, sorry, enhancement, that was the yeah. word, enhancement drugs to kind of increase beauty, we'll say, or increase happiness. What, what kind of, I, I'm actually interested about that as well. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah. And I mean, the anabolic steroids are, are by how the, for the, the highest profile of those enhancement drugs but it, it and, and we were talking about you know why people would use um we see examples uh, and lots of different examples uh, uh, in different aspects and we see drugs that are used um 
around appearance, so weight loss drugs, and this can range anything from, you know, caffeine through to cocaine and, and a whole range of drugs in between, where people using those to enhance weight loss. You see things that um, are drugs that are used to change skin color uh, and uh, in either direction, you know, for people, skin lightening, uh, mercury, um, corticosteroids, um, a, a, a number of other substances which are used topic, topically to uh, reduce um, the, the tanning. But then on the other side, we see things like melanotan, which is an injectable product which um, uh, promotes the tanning of the skin. And then you also see things like cognitive enhancement drugs, and it's often seen in the press. And these are, you know, sometimes described as study drugs. Uh, and, and again, this can be anything from uh, modafinil um, uh, through to um, traditional things like um, caffeine, which, which have been used uh, often to uh, stimulate uh, studying. So we're looking at um, a society which. Um, looks to um, pharmaceutical solutions on, on every walk of life. So I think this helps us to understand when we talk about anabolic steroid use, that that is just one aspect of what many of us consider daily life. And, and, and that use would seem to be quite alien, but yet we might understand why people may use drugs in a different walk of life. And so I th I, we can't get away from this sort of pill for every ill society that is now come to a, a, a better than well, where we're looking not just for a cure, but to fulfill potential and beyond. Yeah, yeah. And and, I, and stuff like kind of enhancing beauty and stuff probably wouldn't have surprised me, but I, I've never heard of that one, the um, altering the colour of your skin. Why do you think, why do you think in your opinion that one is? That, that was a weird one to me. Now, I know the beauty stuff would probably explain itself, you know, be self-explanatory, especially in 21st century, but the, the skin colour is a weird one. Oh, um, I mean, but melanotan, uh, as it, it, it's said, which is, it was described as a, a, an injectable uh, and is now in nasal form. Um, you know, when you think the the sunbed industry, when you think um, holidays abroad in the sun uh, and how um, uh, that, that, that tan is a real premium, as simple as just taking a, 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 an injection a couple of times and achieving that, appearance starts to make a bit of sense with people and um, so you know you, you you see that but then in other societies where um, lighter skin is a sign of affluence uh, and success in particular the indian subcontinent and parts of other parts of asia and um, you'll see that skin lightening is a real sort of cultural drive uh, and popular uh, and even within Western society, within certain uh, of those cultures within within places like the UK and Ireland, uh, you, you'll see uh, the, those use of uh, mercury and uh, corticosteroids. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a whole, it's a real interesting topic to hold. It's a, it's a wide kind of spectrum as well. The fight, it's a whole industry as well is the biggest thing, you know. There's, um, especially in the 21st century, I just think there is this, allure to be to make yourself look as, as good as possible i suppose in beauty so that's probably feeds into why we'll say anabolic steroids all the other enhance enhancements that you talked about that's why they're so big nowadays which probably wouldn't have been back then the internet plays a huge part in that and um, the internet's there ready for uh, any niche area 
uh, can become really big uh, very cheaply through uh, the development of social marketing, through social media, and um, through the actual sales. It, it makes the production and sales so much easier. You can import base chemicals from uh, the Far East. You can do all those things through the internet and do your sales as well. So it's it, it's made a, a huge market uh, and really um, uh, increased um, sales and interest in these products. Mm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting topic in Ferris, yeah. Um, yeah, that's nearly all I suppose I have to say. Um, uh, yeah, thanks. Just all I say, yeah, thanks, Amelia, for coming on. Uh, it's been nice talking to you. Uh, just been nice interesting chat. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else, anything else to say? No, and to finish off with. No, no. You you asked all all the questions that um, I, I hoped you would. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, happy days. No, it's interesting. No, I'm genuinely interested in it. Now, to be fair, so no, you did well for, in fairness to you. And uh, yeah, thanks, Amelia, for coming on, and enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, cheers. You take care, mate. No, no bother, buddy. Final. Right, it was a historic week for uh, Copper Harlan, I suppose, as you say. Um, I just keep getting goosebumps thinking about it. Um, maybe a bit over the top. I know it was only a challenge, but uh, yeah, sorry. By the way, Killian is off fucking skiing this week, so he won't be here this week. Unfortunately, he again didn't pick up the phone when he needed. When he really needed to turn up, he did not. Now, on a related note, uh, to be fair, he actually had a great game. Uh, he was playing wing back, a uh, real king of the sky, you know, lord of the sky. There, in fairness to him, so um, it's not easy. I give it's not often I give him compliments, but geez, he had some fucking game. I have to. I definitely was man of the match. He was playing wing back. I'll give the line out actually now. So goals was Keen O'Brien. Cornerback was two corners were Jake Murray, Owen Ryan, center Aaron Cullen, horse of man. Um, wing backs were um, were um. Where um well who was it? Oh yeah, Killian and then Owen Leonard was the other wing back. I was centre back. And then Ushin Fired Ben Kyo midfield and uh Neil Hennessy, Neil Hennessy and Adam or sorry, I think yeah, Neil Hennessy, Adam Mooney were the wings, I'm pretty sure. And then Adam or no, Keen Barkley was centre. Oh no, sorry, Adam Dorm was on a wing, yeah. And Adam Mooney was corner forward, Chris Glynn full forward, and who was corner forward? Jeez, I can't remember. Sorry to the poor fucker now. I don't, I don't remember who's going to forward. But um, no, everyone had a great game now. Jesus, fair play to him now. So yeah, it was great. Uh, beat Lucan on a scoreline of one, I don't know, one by a point on it. So no, it was a great win for a club, you know. Great to see people down there. Um, the congratulations from people was nice as well. Got a few texts, which was which was fairly, I didn't I didn't even know people, I didn't think people knew it was on at all. So that was nice to get the text from a few people. And um, yeah, look, look, there's um, we're not getting carried away. Like it's we know it's Lucan's, whatever it is, they're they're fucking away a P team. So it's not point getting too carried away, but uh, it's not it's nice to get a win. I think it's just big because it maybe there was a bit of fear we were gonna get hammered, but I think it was nice to win it. You know, I I felt good about it after. Like I had a poor enough game, but I def I felt good about it after. You know, just see the lads, just see. You know, a big shout out to Tommy Murray again because what he's done for the club is fucking unbelievable. And he just carried this through the muck and shit to get to the, you know, to get a senior team. So, like, this is his, this is his fucking work, you know. So, fair play to him, fucking everything he's done. You know, I don't congratulate him half enough, everything he's done. I don't think people realise the stuff he's done, you know. He's done great fucking work for a club. 
and um, people kind of forget sometimes what he's done. But um, in other news, the lads were unlucky to lost that Garvin, the under-17 footballers. They were unlucky. You know, Glenn Carter was missing, apparently. Um, so that was that result. Um, wasn't any other games on now, unless you want to count the fucking goal games. So that was about it. Um, senior game. Senior football game, I think, was postponed, someone was saying. But it said postponed on the website, anyway. So I don't know. Um, and, yeah. That's basically a killer to go win over the dubs. So yeah, that's about it. And uh, yeah, that was had to throw that one in. Fuck the dubs. And uh, yeah, that's basically it, lads. Yeah, that's Cabot Chats for next week. Hopefully, Killer will be here next week. Um, he adds a bit of light to this. So I'm fairly depressed when I do this segment. Uh, but yeah, that's Cabot Chats for this week, lads. Hope you have a good week. And uh, don't forget, Kappa Abu, Kilkoka Amu, whatever the fuck that means. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube. I mean, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, TikTok. Get us on all them. We have content or not content. I don't like that word, but we have stuff coming out every day. There is something every day on every platform. Don't worry about that. You will see some kind of Balanacil buzz up there. So yeah, please follow the buzz. Keep it going. Get us to the charts. Get us number one in Ireland, the world. Conquer the whole fucking lot. Good luck.